Hi, I'm Kate. And I'm Mary B. Welcome to the The Happiest Happiest Girls Girls Podcast. Episodes will drop every Monday morning, and each week we'll be tackling a new topic, chatting about motherhood, singlehood, health, wellness, and everything in between. Tune in each week as we discuss what it means to be the happiest girl. Hi, Mary B. Hey, Kay. How's it going? It's going well. How are you today? I'm good. I have, like, literally nothing to report. Spencer is golfing. He's in Florida, I think, with one of my mom friend's husband. So we went to the spa yesterday at the Greenwich Hotel, which was incredible. You and your mom friend went? Yeah. Very expensive, but... If you're looking for total relaxation, it was really nice. And I'd heard mixed reviews about it, so I was kind of nervous, but it was very enjoyable. And that's about all I have to contribute to this conversation. What about you? (laughs) Well, I actually have so much to talk about. Um, I think that, number one, I just need to apologize to the podcast listeners because I have this story that actually happened to me the weekend before last, and I forgot to talk about it Mm -hmm. on the podcast. I don't know how I possibly forgot, but um, let me start there. You know, let's just back up, rewind. Rewind. Let's take a few steps back. The day is the Sunday before last. Got it. The setting is West Village in Manhattan. Um, more specific West Village. More specifically next to this breakfast place that starts with a B. Bouvet. Bouvet. Thank you, Kate. Kate yeah. has heard this story. So my roommate and I are currently looking for a new apartment. Our lease is up in a month or so. And we were t- going to tour this apartment in West Village that happens to be right next to Bouvet. So we're walking up and all of a sudden my roommate says that's Joe Jonas, that's Joe Jonas, that's Joe Jonas. (laughs) And immediately I'm like, head on a swivel, looking around. And I'm definitely like a Jonas Brothers fan. I wouldn't say die hard, but I mean, I grew up with them. Like I watched the Jonas Brothers on Disney Channel, huge fan of Camp Rock. And I mean, Love Bug, Year 3000. Like these just formed and shaped who I am today. Classics. So he's standing on the stoop of the apartment that I'm supposed to go in and tour. And like, I also am like similar to Kate in the sense that I don't really ever go up to celebrities and like talk to them or like, you know, like unless it was someone who was really special to me, I don't think I would go up to them. However, I'm in this pickle where the common practice is you wait outside of the apartment that you're about to go in for the broker to let you into the apartment. So Joe is just sitting outside of the apartment building that I'm about to go in and I'm like, okay, like I don't, I like, I'm just going to stand here. Oh, bless you. Sorry. And like, that's just like, this is where I'm supposed to be right now. My roommate and I, but he like starts looking over at me. And of course I'm kind of like looking at him. I'm like, dang, like this is Joe Jonas, like right in front of me, like right off of the TV screen. And I was like, oh, so I was like, I think he, I'm like his target demographic, like just 25 year old girl. So he's kind of looking at me like, is this a fan? Is she going to like ask me for an autograph? Is she like a stalker? And I was none of those things. I mean, I am a fan, but I'm not a stalker. And so I Make wanted to say something. I, know, I wanted to say something. I was like, um, we're here to actually tour an apartment in this building. And he looks over at me and goes, actually, I'm here to tour it. For you I'm here to give you the tour and I was like uh, oh really and he goes no and I was like 
I didn't think so. <laughs> He's such a silly goose. Silly, silly goose. Um, and then he got called in for his table, but his wife was there too, which is really cool because I'm a pretty big Game of Thrones fan. So um, that was cool to see her. She's beautiful, didn't have an ounce of makeup on, redhead, gorgeous. But they seem like a fun, flirty couple. Yeah. Like really chill. Don't take life too seriously. Mm-hmm. That's the vibe. And he seemed just, like, really chill, cool, nice. He had, like, a really cool outfit on. I thought it was, like, he had a great witty response. So I would say my fan level has now increased for Joe Jonas. um, And I just wanted to share that with the world. Love it. I'm so happy that you had such a positive interaction. You never know when you meet your heroes. I know. It's going to happen. You never know. So that was fun. Um, Other things I have done. um, Aspen was really fun Mm -hmm. last weekend. Such a blast. We got a ton of snow on Saturday. So we we did snow mass on Saturday. Great. Like powder was thick though. Like definitely like a workout to ski, but super fun. Um, and then we went to Escobar um, at night, which was like a club setting. And I'm really happy we went there because it felt kind of like home. Mm. You know, I like... New York City vibes. Like an Aspen. I'm like, oh, like, you know, on vacation sort of. I walk into Escobar, I'm like, it's like I'm back in New York. So that was a ton of fun. would recommend that um, if anyone is heading out there soon. It was a really good DJ, fun club environment. Um, and Sunday we did Aspen Mountain, which was perfectly groomed, super fun. And one thing I want to call out is we went to this pop-up for my friend's friend, her brand, which is called Hoo-Ha. And it's really fun ski apparel. I have a few of her pieces and she's really just like a small female owned like startup business that has like beautiful like really cool colors like just like fun fun ski wear and one of her missions is to have like skiing be more accessible so like to make it more fun. because sometimes I think it can feel like a little bit serious, but she's wanting to like make it fun and like highly recommend her stuff. Very high quality, beautiful. So look up hoo-ha for any of our skiing girlies out there who want to have some fun apparel. We love female-owned brands. Yes, we do. And this is a great one. Um, as far as this weekend, I don't know if you can tell by the chipper nature in my voice. I did not go out last night. (laughs) She's alive. So if you can tell I'm a little bit more fancy free today, it's because I'm feeling just great. There's something about waking up on a Sunday not hungover that is just so, so special, I have to say. It really is great. Special, special. Um, But on Friday night, I went to 205. um, Classic. Which... I hadn't been since I was an intern in New York City, but I have to say the music was great, fantastic vibes. Um, I was loving it. So, and before that, we went to Takaria Gramercy, which was delish. Mm. So that was a fun Friday, but I'm like trying to think if I forgot anything like last week. No celebrity <laughs> encounters. So I uh, promise I won't forget those again. But that was my weekend. What did I do yesterday? Oh, Kate and I went for a walk. Yeah, I went for a long walk along the West Side Highway because yeah. it was so gorgeous. And there was literally no one else out there. It was crazy. I'm just kidding. It was literally <laughs> jam-packed. Jam. You could barely walk. And then for dinner, we went to Parm, which we got to shout out Parm. Parm. Love Parm. Love it was Parm. so, so good. Oh, the eggplant Parmesan. So good. So good. So, yeah, that's, that's a little bit about me. Thanks for listening. Sorry I forgot last week, but, yeah. 
it's here now, the story. Love that. <laughs> All right, now that we've first thoroughly discussed your social life, mm. now let's talk about me. <laughs> yes, <laughs> this episode is very Kate-centric, which we love. So we're going to talk about motherhood and... I'm not really sure our demographic. If you are a mother, you're going to be a mom, you want to be a mom, but I just hope you listen and enjoy. We got a lot of really amazing questions from all of you all, and I'm going to get to as many as I can. The ones that I don't get to, I'll post on my Instagram story answers to. A lot of them are product recommendations, clothing recommendations, pregnancy recommendations, so I'll post that kind of stuff on Instagram and we'll talk about more serious things today. Mm, yes, and I just have to say, I feel like as a 25 year old woman who is single, mm -hmm. I'm still so curious about the journey from my stage of life into motherhood. I think I've watched you go through it, my, our sister-in-laws go through it, and it is stark. It's a true like transformation of your life, so I'm looking forward to hearing more about what that is like as I, since I do want to be a mom one day, as I move into that, like it's always nice to have a little bit of a window into what you would be getting yourself into. Totally. And I am just going to say that I'm not about to disclaim throughout this entire podcast. I'm not going to be like, oh, I feel so blessed. I feel so lucky to be a mom, to have a baby. Like I just want to start with saying like, I know how blessed I am that I got pregnant really easily. And I feel like when people try to make moms feel guilty for complaining or talking about how hard it can be, it really takes away anything, like any validity that we feel in our emotions because like Mary B said, it is a lot of change and it can be incredibly difficult. And so I never, if there are any moms out there listening and you're like, wow, this is so hard. This is so much harder than I thought. I just wanted you to know that this is a safe place. You are welcome here to complain all you want because it is hard, okay? And you have the right, two things can be true at once, okay? Mm -hmm. You can be so grateful and so happy and love your baby so much and you can still complain and talk about the hardships, yeah. okay? So that's and, all I'm gonna say about that. And I think it's so important to normalize that because of course, it's such a blessing to be a mom, but that doesn't mean it's not totally, totally difficult. And I think not giving mothers the space to express that difficulty is really unhealthy. Yes, so. because being a mom is hard enough. It's, it's like just like being a woman is very, very hard. And mm -hmm. I think that when you become a mom, two things happen. You, society kind of forgets about you. There's really not a lot of support out there for moms. And you also, if you decide to join the workforce, people are judging you for not being home with your kid. If you decide to stay at home, people are judging you for not getting back to work. Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of like always a lose-lose situation out in society. And we're not about that here. Okay. Yeah, definitely not. And so. I'm sure we'll get into this more, but I feel like to your point of you know, society kind of forgetting about mothers sometimes. I have definitely seen, especially with my sister-in-law, like the difficulty um, of, so she had a C-section with her first baby and that's not, that's no small thing. A C-section. Oh, major surgery. <laughs> is no small thing. And then 
I remember her saying to me, you know, you have this major life-threatening surgery and then they give you this newborn baby and you're expected to take it home and keep it alive and you are just trying to recover yourself. And it's really difficult, I think, in our current society where it used to be the village comes in and is like, oh my gosh, like this woman has just been through major, major, you know, whether it's vaginal, I mean, at that time it would have been vaginal, but a major, major, like, thing that happens to their body, like, yeah. what, I mean, they, they've just given birth, and... Yeah, because if you had a cesarean, like, you pretty much were going to die. Yeah, okay. yeah, and so the village then comes in and helps that woman and takes care of the baby. There's a lot of them, and right now I think that there is a lot of, can be a lot of um, loneliness in motherhood because that's not so much the culture. Um, I mean, I'm sure it still exists in, in other places, but my experience is that is not so much the culture right now. And it, it's very difficult. It's very sad. So I think hoping we can, you know, create a little bit of a community for the mamas out there or the to-be mamas. Yes, absolutely. So I guess on that note, I'll just kind of tell you my yeah. birth story because we got a lot of questions about how I found out I was pregnant all that kind of stuff, if we were trying, etc. So we were not trying, it was a happy accident. And the way that I found out is I just gone on my bachelorette party in Charleston because I had- We, I was there. Yeah, Mary B was there. And so was Dictator. So was Dictator. And the we just didn't know. <laughs> Spencer and I got married in COVID. A year later, we did the vow renewal wedding celebration. So we did all of our festivities when COVID cleared up a little bit more. And so I, when we came back, one of the girls that was on the trip was like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry to say this. Like I just tested positive for COVID. This was like five days after. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've been feeling really run down. I had never had COVID at this point. Like I worked through the whole panorama as a nurse in the <laughs> hospital and I never got COVID. So I was like, oh, I'm just gonna test since she had it. My COVID test was negative. Something in the back of my mind just told me take a pregnancy test. So I had those little cheap strips and so I took one and there was kind of a faint line, but I was like, no, that's not real. And so I got in the shower, I got back out of the shower and the second line was very much there. So I took about five more and <laughs> the lines kept showing up. So I called Spencer, like we did not have a cute story where like, I told him in a cute way. I like, called him into the bathroom. I was like, look at this, look at this. Oh my God, I'm pregnant. And he was like, no, there's not a second line there. I was like, there's very clearly a second line there. And like, I've even taken a test that literally said like pregnant in words. <laughs> and I was like, go to Dwayne Reed and buy like six more tests. And I'm like hysterically crying. Like I'm crying so hard. So he runs across the street to Dwayne Reed to get more tests. I call my mom because I was like, I had been drinking all weekend. Like I felt so bad about that, even though I was literally like a week pregnant. Like and she was like, okay, don't don't worry, this is such a blessing. Like the baby, nothing bad happens to the baby until you know you're pregnant. And I was like, oh, is that <laughs> Which I think is actually like true, like to the point, right? Like a month or so, like that doesn't really affect the baby. Right, I think it's like four to five weeks. Yeah. And like there are people who literally go nine months without knowing that they're pregnant. And so someone did ask like, how, how do you know to like stop drinking coffee and stop drinking alcohol? And like, obviously as soon as you know, mm -hmm. you should stop. And so I obviously stopped drinking right then and there, but just know like, and this is not condoning drinking while you're pregnant. You should not, you should 
follow the rules, do what your OB says. But like, I felt so, so, so guilty for, I was literally drinking all weekend and I was like, oh my gosh, I did something horrible. And I so, was buying you drinks all weekend. <laughs> I am part of the problem. <laughs> so just know like people have perfectly healthy babies, you know, even though they didn't know that they were pregnant for seven to nine months, it happens. It really does happen. And so that was kind of crazy. Once I got, Spencer was so happy. He, and he was like, why are you crying? Why are you crying? And so like, and, but I was like, just not ready. I didn't feel ready. You never feel ready. Even when you're financially stable, you're almost 30 years old, you're married. Like I just did not feel ready. And like the, in the, in the moment, I was like all these body changes that were about to happen, all this stuff. But obviously it turned into like the most amazing thing and i was super sick the first 20 weeks which i knew was going to happen because our mom was really sick with all four of us so i was kind of prepared but i was so nauseous from the moment my brain woke up to the moment i went to sleep and then once i hit 20 weeks i got into a really good stride i started working out again and i was consistently working out and i think that was probably the best thing for me for my delivery someone else asked like best advice for going into your delivery and staying active the best that you can so i did double floor at berries and i would just tell the instructor that i was pregnant they gave me a lot of really amazing recommendations if you're in new york city you have to make sure you tell them because they will not just assume you know that's rude so i wasn't really running but i did a lot of squats a lot of lunges and i think that really helped and at around 39 weeks and a couple days my water ended up actually breaking at berries and i had the smoothest delivery ever it was so amazing i wasn't feeling any contractions so i went to the hospital a couple hours later about four hours later that's what my ob said i could wait four hours because once your water breaks you have to deliver within 24 hours it's just because of the risk of infection so i get there i literally walk in the door asking for an epidural and i made sure not to tell them i was a nurse because i don't know anything about ob i'm an adult nurse. I've always been an adult nurse. I've never done peds or babies. And I didn't want them to treat me any differently. Cause I, when someone tells me they're a nurse, like sometimes I get nervous. I think like they're watching every little thing and I never wanted to make them feel that way. So my care was incredible. They put in my IV, they put the anesthesiology resident put in my epidural, which walking in i was also a little nervous but she was incredible and i trusted her more than the attending that was standing behind her like she explained every little step so perfectly we love our nurses i know the epidural went really well and then they started the pitocin and everything just started going and then a couple hours later they broke i guess i had a second bag of water and the doctor broke that and i i don't know if like the baby dropped or what but i was in crazy like toe curling pain so i have so much respect for moms out there who do this without an epidural either by choice or by circumstance because it, I, it was insane pain and so i had the anesthesiologist come back in about an hour later and give me more medicine and i could have kissed her on the mouth like i finally felt relief and then i pushed for about 30 minutes and a dictator slid right out and the craziest thing was i was throwing up the whole time which is a part of active labor that i had no idea about but overall 10 out of 10 and you know she latched really well which was also a blessing because i know people sometimes have difficulty with that and then we went home about a day later i did i hate hospitals like i did not want to be there unless you're paying me like i'm out of there so we went home and my mom was here for about two weeks obviously mary b helped a lot Whoop. and 
so that's that that's my that's my birth story nothing too traumatic or crazy like it was really amazing and i think a huge part of that was the epidural i knew my body would not be able to relax or anything like that if i was in a crazy amount of pain so and didn't your doctor say one of the reasons that they thought you had an easier labor is because you had stayed like working because i stayed so, so active yeah i feel she... like that's something i didn't know it's just such i think a physical thing to give birth right because like, she's a strain the feeling of pushing was really hard for me to kind of grasp because I couldn't feel my waist right so like I couldn't feel my legs like my legs were so heavy that was another hard part was like holding my legs when I pushed but I just thought about like if you were to like flex your abs and push down like that's the feeling that I did and I think because I was still like I didn't do really any ab moves obviously when I was pregnant but I did like a lot of bird dogs and things like that mm -hmm. and the lunges and the squats those obviously engage your core too so all that stuff really helped me a lot and I was walking a lot so I still gained 50 pounds even though I was doing all that activity but which uh, is healthy yes. yeah which is fine like I, I would go to the doctor and like I dreaded it I dreaded being weighed at the doctor because like they suggest 25 to 35 pounds and obviously like I surpassed that and my doctor would just be like it's just a number it's fine it's just a number I didn't have any high blood pressure all my like I didn't have um, I think that would be like geriatric pregnancy or no not geriatric sorry. I didn't have any gestational gestational diabetes, diabetes thank anything you. like that so I just, I don't know, my body just needed those, those 50 pounds, so. As it does sometimes. Yeah, so it was, it was all good, and that was that on that. Nice. Okay, well, thank you so much for sharing that with us, Kate. Oh, you're welcome. I think awesome. my favorite part of it is obviously Dictator coming into the world, yes. but also the water break at Berries, I think is pretty legendary, and <laughs> shout out to the CEO of Berries, who sent Kate a video letting her know she was the first pregnant woman to have their water break in the red room. Yes. And yeah, sent Dictator really some cute little sh like little workout onesie. shoes and a onesie. So yeah. that was so cute. And I feel like that's a pretty legendary story. Like all of my friends were like, what is Kate doing at Barry's like 40 weeks pregnant? Like let us know. It kept me sane. Active queen. It was like the only way I could stay sane. <laughs> and I have been really spreading the word to my friends when I heard about like the importance of being active because I think that there's so much that has to do with pregnancy and motherhood that like I never took a class on any of this. Like they don't teach you. And so I'm trying to spread the word as we are right now. You know, if you can and have the ability to stay active in your pregnancy, I think it clearly was really helpful yes. for Kate's birth. Definitely. Her uh, dictator's birth. Dictator's birth, yeah. Um, okay. Anywho, shall we get into our questions then? Are Let's you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay, number one. Any insight you have on parenting with someone who has a demanding job? So I always think it's interesting because I did a kind of video series on this on TikTok and how, because our dad worked a lot and how it really motivated me. I don't know about you, but I was like, oh, like I see our dad working so hard. I'm never going to take these opportunities for granted because they put us in great schools. We always were able to participate in sports and mm -hmm. things like that and we were very very yeah. privileged in our Food opportunities and never so had to worry where our next meal was exactly from. like we always had you know we never worried about any of that kind of stuff and so it really motivated me I was like I never want to take this for granted because I see how hard he's working to 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 provide this life for us and so and someone was like and I I see that those same qualities in Spencer and how he works so hard and 
I know a lot of his driving factor is the goals he wants to achieve for himself, but also because he wants Dictator to have a really amazing life. He really wants that for her and for me. And someone, every, you always, I would always get comments like, oh, well, you're not gonna like that like when your baby is here and he's never home. And I always think that's so interesting because finance is not the only job where that happens. Like literally every job is like that. A doctor, a lawyer, someone in the military that is deployed for, mm -hmm. like this happens all the time. And you have to just, understand and be supportive of that person and understand that you're a team and you have to over communicate if i feel like i need help something needs to change then i just have to communicate that with him but also these are conversations you should have well before you even get engaged totally. not even married mm -hmm. is your expectations about childcare and how that's going to look and things like that especially for you know that the possibility of someone is going to be gone a lot and you just really have to have set expectations and set goals in how you guys are going to figure that out and navigate that so just over communicate is my best piece of advice mm -hmm. and have like a weekly sit down on sundays where you look at your planner and you plan everything out and have a shared google calendar mm -hmm. that's another good one yeah okay love that thank you for those tips for us young girlies out here or just girlies who have not had children yet. Yes. Okay, so running right into that other question. So for yourself and your working life, at what point did you think you would be a stay-at-home mom and how long do you think that you'll do it for? I always thought I'd be a stay-at-home mom because our mom was a stay-at-home mom and I really liked that she was always accessible if we were sick if she was home when we had homework she drove us to our practices so i loved how present that she was and i know that she gave up her own career and i think she was opposite where i don't think she ever thought she was going to be a stay-at-home mom we're going to have her on the pod so i'll let her speak for herself shout out to mom hey mom but, i know you're listening we love you <laughs> but i really enjoy that even to this day she's very accessible because she doesn't work which is incredible to have her like she was able to help me with dictator she really helps my sister-in-law that lives by her with her baby and my other sister-in-law like yeah. she would literally drive to Nashville to help my other sister-in-law babysit and so it's really special and amazing and I want to be able to provide that for my own kids and my future grandkids as well so yeah and I'm excited to talk to her about that because I know she has like a complicated relationship with Having been a stay-at-home mom, even though I don't think she would change it for the world, I think it's also, like, you know, it's for certain women, like, not doing that is the right decision. For her, it was a really difficult decision, and there's a lot of nuance there, I think. Totally. So I'm excited to pick her brain about that. And I think that you should never judge what a mom wants to do. and Or anyone. Because I think that there are people who, th who think, like, Oh, being a stay-at-home mom is easy. It's not easy. It's very difficult. Oh God, it's so hard. I have a friend who said that going to work was a vacation for her. Literally, I think it would be. <laughs> so, and like the days that I work, like my life is easier at work yeah. than it is at home. And so for me, Spencer and I both have to leave at 6 a.m. for work. And we both, he works like 12, 13, 14, 15 hour days. I work a 12, 13 hour day. So the cost of childcare, I would, I would be losing money to pay childcare. So... 
working per diem is just a better and it makes more sense financially for me too. So that's another part of it, even though I am choosing to stay at home. If I wanted to go back to work, I would. I wouldn't be making any money, but I would do it because I wanted to. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. for sure. So, then into parenthood. Are you ready for the next question? I'm ready. Okay. With Spencer's job, can he realistically put family first? So I think that he can put family first more realistically than if I worked a full-time job in the sense that if something happened or if there was a recital or something at like 3 p.m., he could put that in his schedule and be able to go unless something really crazy was happening in the market. He's far enough in, along in his career and senior enough in his career that he can definitely do that. Even now, if I have to be somewhere at 5, like he can come home at 4.30 and things like that. Whereas if I was working full-time, I could never just leave in the middle of my shift if our daughter was sick and we had to go pick her up. So I think in that sense, he can he can definitely put family first. Of course, there will be times where he can't and he has to travel or he has to be somewhere. But I think that he is senior enough in his career and he will only advance more in his career where that really won't be a problem the only problem like the only thing is like the day-to-day is he might always he might not be there for every dinner time and he's not there for every bath time and and things like that but I think the things that count and the things that really matter he will be there for and I him as a person he will always make sure our kids know that he's there for them which is the most important love it love it love it okay ready for your next question okay Tips for getting out with an infant, how to have a social life again after the newborn stage. I think this is a really great question. Yes, so this was so hard for me in the beginning. I was terrified to leave the apartment unless Dictator was asleep. I was afraid of her having a freak out in public and me not knowing what to do. And so I would only, I would wait for her to fall asleep in the stroller in the apartment and then I would go for a walk and that's how I would get out. And the thing that I, that helped me conquer that was one, going out by myself. So I booked a facial two weeks out and I went out by myself and that was really good. And I would highly recommend everybody doing that because it's so hard to do it. Like the longer you just stay in your home with your baby, the harder it is for you to go out without your baby. So that'd be my first suggestion is to get out there, plan drinks with your girlfriends you know, plan a dinner with them, just say, like, I have a friend who just had a baby and she was like, let's go meet at Chill House and let's sit in the infrared sauna for like 30 minutes. And so we did that, we talked, she got out of the house and she got to do something for herself. And I think that gave her the confidence to continue to do that. Oh, the baby was fine without me. I can do that kind of stuff. It's gonna be okay. And then as far as getting out with an infant, you just have to do it. No one is looking at you. It's the spotlight effect, again, that we've talked about. Any, The majority of people are just going to look at you with sympathetic eyes and be like, you're amazing. And the people who don't are bad people. And that's a reflection on them. And that's not a reflection on you. And I remember taking Dictator. My turning point was like I took Dictator to Trader Joe's. And she woke up and she was freaking out like hysterically crying nothing was stopping her no matter what i did tried the bottle i always leave with i always have a bottle with me just in case pacifier wasn't working her diaper was dry nothing was working like i think she just wanted to be held but i had all these groceries i was 30 minutes from our apartment and i was in my big stroller so it's not like i could just like hop on the subway or hop in a cab 
and I just had to like push her home with her crying and like I just did the best that I could and that was like wow okay if I can survive that I can survive anything mm, love it <laughs> yeah, so it will get easier with time I feel like it's like an exercise in not caring what other people think yeah oh my gosh that's been I literally I used to be such a people I not really I really wasn't a people pleaser but like I wouldn't speak up if someone said something out of pocket to me I would have just been like ha ah, ha no not anymore <laughs> not, as a not anymore I will take you down <laughs> love that for you <laughs> Alrighty, so this next question is from someone saying that they're deciding to leave their job. I know it's what's best for me and my baby right now, but still struggling. This is, well, if you're struggling because you want to be at work, that's one thing. If you're struggling because you're afraid of external societal pressures, mm. that's another thing. And like, that's just something that needs to change. Like, I can't imagine judging someone for wanting to be home with their baby and one of my wanting someone to be at work either yeah way. yeah yeah no exactly exactly way. and i think that the only people who judge you are people who want the opposite of, of what they are doing and that's not your problem and um one of a friend that i've made through social media she dm'd me and was telling me about how her work friends judge her and think that she lives a life of leisure now because she's a stay-at-home mom and like that, it's just so terrible. Like you're doing what's best for your family and that's all that matters. If your work will always be there, if you want to maybe try to go part-time and see how that goes, cause you don't want to give up your career, that's one thing. But if, you're, if you are feeling this way because you think people are gonna judge you or look at you differently, that is completely a reflection on society and those people. And for them not to just be supportive of you, that that is on them and that is their problem, that's not yours they like you're the one who has to live your life so you should do it exactly how you want but what jealousy if, is a disease but also then so taking this question in another direction if this person you know doesn't necessarily want to leave their job but knows it's best for their baby what are some thoughts of yours on how to you know, move through that because I know that you definitely miss nursing totally oh my gosh um, I love my job I love my coworkers, and if you know what what it's what is best for your baby if you know if you feel like it's that's what's best for your baby and i feel like that's just what you should be doing because i don't think you'll ever regret it i don't think you'll ever regret spending time with your baby when they're young because it's absolutely crazy how quickly it changes and i think if you can figure out a some sort of part-time situation where maybe you're working like two hours a day or here and there just to because that's what I I work two shifts a month, so I can keep my skills fresh, but then I'm still with Dictator the majority of the month. So, or like, what about like hobbies? Like, I feel like you have really gotten into TikTok as a way to also maintain, you know, yeah. something outside of being a mom. Yeah, you, because that's another hard thing, because being a stay-at-home mom can also be incredibly lonely if you're, because especially if you're the first of your friends to have a baby, it can be incredibly isolating and lonely and people don't include you anymore because they think that you can't, you don't want to do things or you can't do things because you're with your baby. Mm -hmm. And so one, finding mom friends is really important. And a really good way to do that is to join classes, join a music class, mm -hmm. go to your public library and go to a reading class, join like the little gym or like Gymboree or things like that and like there are lots of free like the public library one is free and 
like I'm in a mama's group that has free meetups at a park. So if you can find a mama's group online that you really like, and Natalie Dark and I are doing a dinner on April 30th through Closer. If you guys wanna come, I think it will be a lot of moms. And the whole idea of Closer is you don't come with friends, you come by yourself. So everybody is there to meet new people. Mm, it's not that. like I'm going with Mary B so I can lean on her. Everybody mm -hmm. is going to as, as strangers. Love and that. so that's a really good way. And like, I know there are a lot of like mom walk groups in different cities on Facebook. That's another free activity. And so finding someone who has a child around your age is also really beneficial as well. Cause one of my best mom friends, her daughter's two weeks older. So she can be like, oh, this is what's happening developmentally. So like, I kind of know what's going on or is this normal? Did your daughter do this? Did your son do this? So that's really huge. And I met a lot of my mom friends through Instagram DM. So don't be afraid to DM someone. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And I think that this goes right into another question that was asked, which is, do you miss life pre-baby? Of course. Oh my gosh. To be able to just roll out of bed at 10 a.m. and not mm -hmm. have to worry about taking care of another human being. Like that is a lot of stress in and of itself and anxiety. Mm -hmm. And so to be able to travel whenever you want and go out to dinner whenever you want, those those things I cannot do anymore. And I, I don't want to go back to that. I love my daughter and I'm so happy in the stage of life that I'm in, but of course I miss those things. Like that, that life was so much easier back then. And so if you're thinking about if you do wanna start trying to have a baby, just Think of it from that perspective of, am I ready for my priorities to be centered around this little baby that mm -hmm. needs me 24 seven? And I think personally, I can speak like maybe as some of our audience members' perspectives of obviously not being a mother. I think watching my older siblings become parents have definitely pushed back my timeline. Yeah, and that's good. Because I think, not that we don't believe in the timeline on this yeah. podcast, but like I think I growing timeline. up, I my, my mom got, you know, was a mother by 25. And so in 21. my naive brain, I was thinking, yeah, that's about the right age. Right? Yeah, no. Me oh my gosh. <laughs> and I still feel way too young teen mom to be honest. Really. <laughs> and, um, you know, who, if that's someone's path, like, absolutely respect it. And I love that for you. But I think I didn't have a full, like, grasp of what that meant until I actually saw it in action that transition from having, you know, very little responsibility to having to take care of a child. It's such a, like, a night and day life shift and so if like we could even like reach one person to like give them a little bit clearer image of what it really looks like to be a parent um you know that's I think I'll be really happy with yeah. that because it has given me more realistic a more realistic idea of when I want to enter into that stage of life because also once you enter into it you're in it. <laughs> you are in it. So I think, you know, I think like Kate said, if you wait till you're ready, like you'll never be ready. But to really savor those years before you enter into that new, beautiful, like new joyous stage, I think has been something I'm really focused on because I've been able to to witness what comes with becoming a parent. Yeah. And also it makes me so grateful for my single wild 
20 years Mm -hmm. because like I I lived life like I truly lived life and it's like I don't look back and be like oh shoot I wish I would have partied more I wish I would have gone out more like no like we I traveled a lot I went out a lot all that kind of stuff and so that's another thing where like I even though I didn't feel ready like I knew everything was going to be okay like I I didn't look back on I don't look back and be like, oh shoot, I regret not doing that more. Mm-hmm. Like I, I did everything I wanted to. I got that all out. So And it's so funny, like I still think of you as being really young for being oh, a mom, so even young. though you're 30. Yeah, like you can <laughs> still do all those things. Obviously you need to be able to either have someone who can watch your baby mm-hmm. or be able to afford childcare. Like I can still do all the things that I want to do with my life. It's just now I have to coordinate Mary B to come over or a babysitter to come over or make sure Spencer's home. Cause I don't have like a full-time nanny or anything like that. So that requires, you know, coordination, but like you can still do it. Absolutely. It just takes a li- it's just the last minute things you can't do anymore. Yeah, for sure. And it's more expensive. Like I think about this, yes. like, for you and Spencer, if you want to go on like a dinner date now, it's not just the cost of the meal, right. it's the cost of the babysitter yeah. as well. Exactly. Um, so that's, you know, very real. It's tough. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so how about this one here? This is an interesting question. How to bring up the topic of wanting kids while you're young in a relationship? You should do that at the, that should be one of your very first questions yeah. that you ask a person like on your first date. Truly, like that's not yeah. a weird question. That's one of my non-negotiables. Like you have to want a family and marriage. And cause I'm not about to waste my time with someone's like, if someone is like, oh, I don't know if I want kids, maybe, maybe not. Like I'm not, I can't risk you one day deciding not you don't. And yeah. so uh, from the very beginning, I was very clear. I want to have, I want to get married. I want to have kids. I want to have a lot of kids. I want to have four kids because if someone is like, oh, I only want one kid like that, is not what I want either. So that wouldn't mm-hmm. that wouldn't work for me either. So from the very beginning, you need to be having those important conversations. And if that makes the person that you're with uncomfortable, then they're not the right person for you and they're not serious about settling down because there is no man out there that is not that is like serious about settling down that has not thought about these things. Like mm-hmm. you these are really, really important topics. Like you should be talking about all that kind of stuff. Yeah. One of my favorite things, just a little bit about me, is when a guy's like, oh, really all I want out of my life is to be a dad. I'm like, oh, king. Oh, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, it's not just enough to like have a kid. Like sometimes, like there are some women out there who you know, like they are a single mom just with a husband. Like, yeah. It's not enough to just like want to be like, yeah, I want kids. Like you have to want to be a dad and like a present dad. Mm-hmm. So. And you want that for sure for your children. Because they can say. literally make your life miserable if you, if you have a bad yeah. partner. So who you have kids with is just so important. And something I think I am, you know, really taking to heart these days is just from my experiences is you can want someone to be something so badly. Like you can want him to be a good dad, ask him to be a good dad. Like, but if that's not like a natural thing that he wants to do, yeah, it's just not gonna, like, even if it's not, not like, even if it's not, he's like not naturally a good dad. If he's, he has to be trying he has to be and wanting. wanting to be better. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. Cause a lot of guys just aren't, but that's okay. And also a baby will not save your relationship. It will not fix your relationship. It will not make him settle down. If he's in a wild boy party phase, very rarely, if you're like, oh, I'm pregnant, is he obvious all of a sudden gonna just like, flip the switch and turn around Mm -hmm. and this obviously isn't always true but men don't think women will change and we do and women think men 
will change and they, they rarely, rarely do. do. <laughs> so men think, oh, she's always going to be like this fun girl. Blah, blah, blah. Like, no, you you change, you mature, you grow. You have Whereas, children. Yeah. When you become a mom, like you go through so many changes yeah. and then, but Hormones. when you're with a man, he doesn't have that same experience and women think, oh, he will settle down. Da, da, da. Like he very, he will sometimes, but very rarely. Yeah. I think everything for anyone, this goes for across the board and behavior the if someone is going to change or is going to exhibit the behavior it has to come from themselves wanting to totally. do it like it can't be can, you asking him no to. he has to like have that like want and so i think to establish early on in the relationship like i think it's strange sometimes especially maybe for some of our like younger listeners to think oh my gosh like i'm only 23 i'm dating a guy like it's weird for us to be talking about what we want for our children but if you are in a relationship where you're heading into that direction of marriage, you know that in your mind, I could really see myself marrying this man. It's never too early to have those conversations. Never. Yeah. Like, I really think that they're very important to, you know, keep on the table. And, you know, especially like for those basic things, like, do you want to have children? Because I also know women who don't want to have children. Yeah. And that's completely fully fine. Support. Fully support that. But then like, that woman should be with that man who also doesn't want yeah, children. Like there's people about that too. There's people out there who also don't want children and that is those are the people who should find each other. So release him for a woman who also doesn't want children. Yeah, if he you doesn't. have to be understanding of people's preferences. Like just because he doesn't want what you want doesn't mean doesn't or she doesn't want what he wants, like doesn't make them a bad person or anything like that. Like that's just not the person for you then and that's totally fine. And that's okay. They could be the best person ever, but if you're you know, you're not compatible in that way, then it's just you know, it's not the right person romantically totally which is hard but I think the earlier you figure those things out the better okay one more question because dictator's awake oh my goodness dictator I can't wait to squeeze her do you <laughs> want to choose your last question okay I would think that um oh gosh see there's so many good questions yeah you guys maybe we'll do a motherhood part two because there's yeah. some great ones in here so I'll just okay so I'll answer two more quickly and so one of them is I'm three months postpartum postpartum does this shake it easier <laughs> and I want to say a hundred percent yes and while each season brings its own difficulties, teething, all when they're mobile, you know, all that stuff, when they can look at you and smile or they recognize that you're their mom and things like that, it's just so special. And I'm just so excited for her to be able to talk and converse. And I think when they're like four or five, six months, they can, when in, I'm sorry, six months, I guess I should say, when they can sit on their own and they're just a little bit more stable, that's definitely easier too around four months if you decide to sleep train i mean i had her on a schedule from day one but like a lot of people will say oh four months is when you're supposed to start sleep training that gets easier if you want to stop breastfeeding this is your sign to stop switching to formula changed my life so that's just like a side note and don't let anybody shame you even from day one if you want to do formula do that i didn't even talk about my breastfeeding journey but that was a whole adventure yeah. And um, it was not great. So <laughs> that was like a quick anecdote. I feel like when Kate, like, um, you know, like if you're comfortable with me sharing this, sure. but when Kate, you know, no longer was able to produce milk, like just because I like, I feel like I saw the struggles with breastfeeding. Like it's no small thing. It's a beautiful, natural it's a thing, <laughs> but it's a full-time job and it really affects your body in so many different ways that I saw. 
And so I feel like my mom was like, oh, like Kate's like milk dried up. And I was like, I think my, when my mom shared that with me about her, I was like, oh my gosh, like exciting. Yeah, literally. <laughs> but I, I know that's like not, there's a lot of nuance to that. But as an outsider, I was like, wow, like exciting. She doesn't have to breastfeed anymore. Yeah, yeah it's just but, um, tough, tough, tough. You know, there's a lot of different views on that, but I think it's important not to judge. Because also with you, it wasn't even a choice. Like, you yeah, it just happened. It just body, happened. And which is fine. that's how it goes. Yeah. Um, okay. So the last one I want to answer is what's the most surprising thing for you about pregnancy and motherhood? Oh my gosh. I could say so many things on this topic, but just rapid fire. Cause we're running out of time is that I don't care about what anyone else thinks of me yes. so much less now. Ooh. And I, and also I was shocked about how natural things came to me and like how your instincts kind of kicked in and how mm. the baby's instincts kick in, like their ability to just like latch and start eating. And like, it's just so, so crazy, everything that happens. But I also am shocked about how much I think about death and dying oh. and then how sensitive I am towards kids, kid related things now. And obviously I'm a nurse. So like in life, I'm just playing out what I would do in any sort of like drastic scenario. Like I'm walking down the street and I'm like, oh, like if I were to hear a gunshot, like what would I do? I would push her into the store. I would lock the door, you know, like things like that. Like I was always thinking about, but like I think about my own death. I think about Spencer's death a lot just because like I never want my child, children to grow up like that. And I think that just causes so much trauma to them. And like, I hope it never does. And that also drives me to live as health, healthy as I can and be as safe as I can with my decisions. Cause I never want that to happen to my children. And I can't watch Law and Order SVU anymore or like anything that has to do with kids. But okay, let's go on to a lighter note. Yes, so baboos, baboos for the week. Kate, how Here, did you, your- You tell your baboos, I'll go get dictator. Oh my gosh, dictator, she's coming in. Okay, so my last week baboo was to not send any texts after 9 p.m. And I think that, you know, just for future, I think I'm gonna make it 10 p.m. because I think nine was a little bit early. Um, but I have to say, I love it. I love setting that boundary for myself because also, even if people text me that late, like that's totally fine. But like, my nighttime is kind of just like a peaceful time I like to keep to myself. And that's been really wonderful to just like give myself that space and that boundary. And so I think I'm gonna continue that on throughout the week um and my babu for this week is i would hate dictator kate's bringing in dictator hey girl hi hi girl <laughs> you look so cute um hi um but i think this week what i want to do is really focus on yoga and stretching because i you know with skiing and being out of town i haven't been able to do that as much and so I'd like to really be intentional about that because yoga is like so, so wonderful and so stretching. So um, good for the body and the mind in my experience. So that's going to be my baboo for this week is yoga and stretching. Kate, what's yours? My baboo for the week is to get back into a consistent workout routine. I've really fallen off the wagon with that since Spencer's been gone so much. So that is my baboo for the week to how be was, a little bit more active. How was your last week, baboo? Oh, good. I'm loving my journal, mm. loving journaling, loving putting pen to paper mm. and writing my to-do list down. Yeah. So, Dictator, what's your baboo? Just keep being cute. Yeah. Keep napping. Okay, guys. Well, thank you so much for listening to this. We hope you found this helpful. And please remember to write in your wins so we can do them. Um, 
this month. We love celebrating you all in the Happiest Girls community. And, you know, um, tune in back next week and follow us on Instagram at happiestgirlsinnyc. And we'll see you next week. But have a wonderful week, a wonderful Monday. Monday Reset. Let's, Let's go. go.